Hi, everybody. Welcome to Noob Talk Radio number 37. Uh, we're back in the studio here, Joshua Osborne, T. Henderson. And uh, T, how are you today? Fantastic. How about you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I was gonna. I thought of a. I, I thought of a thing I could do before recording today's episode. I was gonna ask you, how was your week? How's my week? In an attempt to maybe get you to say something about yourself beyond the usual hundred percent deflection we <laughs> usually get. And, oh, I just said fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're gonna do is we'll just if you if you really have nothing to say whatsoever, we'll just we'll put in like a we'll put in like a bling sound or something, and we'll go straight to the next segment. So that's how that's how the audience will know. Whether or not he wanted to say anything about, uh... I think I rarely do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking, and you. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, you know, my uh, I usually freely talk about what's going on with well, Louisa. Maybe first, I'll do slightly first, less this time. First time in front of a live studio audience. You know? First time in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, it was, it's been a busy week, but um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it together. I'm managing to play some games, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's really uh, that's, that's all I've got to say about myself. Um, so it's been a, it's a rivet, it's a riveting uh, expose on how both both of us are feeling mm-hmm. in what's potentially the least amount of stuff we've ever said about ourselves in an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back, episode thirty-seven. I thought to, for general discussion this week. I basically wanted this to be just a little mini general discuss about uh, Xbox versus PlayStation. Because we haven't done one of those in a while. Did I just say... Yeah, Xbox versus PlayStation or Microsoft versus Sony. I sometimes get them confused. Because we haven't talked about them in a while. And I saw this uh, news headline uh, saying... This is off IGN. IGN is getting it off a Phil Spencer uh, interview with with, uh, publication Axios. Uh, In a new interview, the headline is... Phil Spencer Xbox Game Pass is quote-unquote very, very sustainable and not burning cash. Subheadline: Xbox Game Pass isn't a future pot of gold, Spencer says. Um, and this is from uh, November 15th, and I thought this was a, a funny... I don't really care too much about the Microsoft no. and Sony news, really in general. Like, just in terms of, like, how the company... I care more about the games, right? Yeah. Um, but I do find the whole Game Pass versus PlayStation... And I say versus PlayStation and not versus PlayStation Now, because I still feel like PS Now is so inferior compared to Game Pass that, that it's, sure. it's not even really comparable you know, no, like no, 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 I don't think it is. But I think the thing that is comparable is maybe you know their what is it called PS Plus collection. We don't know too much about it, I think, because we don't have PS fives. Oh, but it's they yeah, were yeah, they yeah, made no. that collection for only PS five users. Mm-hmm. Anyone who had PS Plus and has a PS five can access this big library of games. Right. They can download immediately the full games, and they can keep them however long they have the subscription, the, the PS Plus, mm-hmm. like all other PS Plus free games. Right. Uh, and it was a really nice curated list, very, very high AAA, profile. Yeah. yeah, super AAA, super high profile stuff. Dude. Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, okay, who cares about that? But Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Call of Duty, Cod Blops, Cod Blops 3, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, FF14, God of War, Infinite Second Son, that's old, but it's still a super good AAA Absolutely. game. Last Guardian, Last of Us Remastered, Monster Hunter World, that's a huge one, Mortal Kombat, Persona 5, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Uncharted 4, Until Dawn. So, I mean... It's pretty substantial. A really, really substantial list that's a really nice way of just giving, like, here's the access to the... Like, here's the Editor's Choice titles. Mm-hmm. Here's the really, really solid Editor's Choice titles that, yes, they're not new, 
but they're massive flagship titles in most cases. And, you know, it's a really good library to... I could be wrong, but I feel like there was a Spider-Man game on this list before. And hmm. it got maybe changed to something else. Okay. I thought there was a there was um, that Spider-Man game from... Was it 2019 or something? Or 2018? Miles? Morales? Not Miles, the previous one. Just, just Miles. Oh, yeah, Sp- yeah. I think it was just Spider-Man. I think it's just Spider-Man. Hmm. But I feel like that was on the list and maybe they switched it for something else. I don't know, but... Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, this to me is like, this is free. It's, it's sort of not, it doesn't go with a, a price tag other than the PS, PS Plus by itself. Yeah, yeah. Like what, how much is Game Pass? Okay, Game Pass for console is $12 a month. Uh, I know so little about Xbox. I don't think they have a yearly, you know, like a less yearly fee. Okay. Uh, so I think it's just 12 per month, which That's, I guess would be you know, 120 plus 24, 134 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty high. That's very high. So 134 a year uh, compared to the only existing thing that we're not comparing PS Plus and Xbox Live Gold membership. Mm-hmm. Those are the equivalents, right? right like right. that's their PS Plus. It's okay. their it's their thing you pay for that gives you access to the online infrastructure. Right, right, right. And can come with some discounts or free games occasionally. Not as much as PlayStation Plus, but it's similar. Some, yeah. And the price is basically the same. Okay. Right. So th- those are the two that are kind of like completely analogous. Then Game Pass and PS Now. Yeah, Game Pass is twelve a month, or roughly one hundred and thirty-four, I guess, a year. This is Canadian dollars, and PS Now is eighty dollars for a year. Okay. Compared to one thirty-four, so it's less. It's almost half, hmm. but it's also a dramatically, from what I understand, it's a dramatically under- inferior system. Right. right. Um, because mostly because PS Now is. You, you, you can put aside the whole streaming versus not streaming. You know, PS Now is was designed to be a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now has the ability to download games, which I think for the most part fix the issues. Like if you download the game, then you can play it normally while you have PS Now, and it, it doesn't suffer from like the latency issues and right. stuff. Um, it wasn't designed for that, but you kind of can now. But still, PS PS Now I feel like is more about older stuff. Okay. Right. Like they have new things too, um, but it's mostly. Not the same way that Game Pass does. No, no, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, like Game Pass is struggling hard to be like, okay, you know, Forza was day, is day one on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, the recent uh, Back for Blood, day one on Game Pass. Um, all, all A whole bunch of like really AAA, super high profile titles are coming day one to Game Pass. That's what it has sort of above the biggest thing it has on PS now. Right, right. You know, but it's more expensive too. Yeah. To come back to the article, I just thought it was fascinating, uh, a fascinating headline because... The thing I hear the most from uh, industry folks is that, you know, they're comparing Microsoft and, uh, and Sony and how Microsoft is trying really hard to get all the people into, like, a subscription service. They're just trying to lock everyone down into subscriptions and then keep them in the ecosystem with subscriptions forever, right? Uh, and Sony is trying very hard to still sell things old school, OG, a la carte method, buy the product you want, use the product you want. Mm-hmm. Don't pay for anything you don't want to buy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's fascinating these two, the, these two titans trying these two very different approaches. And what a lot of the um, people trying to support PlayStation have been saying for a long time is that exactly this, is that Xbox Game Pass is not sustainable. Right, right. And that they're going to run into a problem eventually mm-hmm. with the model, right? Like they've been burning cash like crazy because they have the cash and they can do it. Because they're trying to put this like really big initial investment and get everyone hooked, and then what? What are they going to do after? No one knows. Right. But everyone was assuming that it was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, and it's kind of like when I read this headline, I don't think Phil Spencer would would tell the truth on a headline well, like this. I wouldn't think so. Either. He might be. I mean, we don't know. Just you know, I wouldn't not take put any associate any any veracity with that statement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But if it was true, 
then I feel like that's a then 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 PlayStation is in a really really uncomfortable spot. Well, if he actually did say very very, then I don't believe it at all. <laughs> <laughs> if he only said very once, then I believe it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, if you if it's true, you know, if it's true that it's very sustainable, mm-hmm. then like, what do you think Sony can do? Like, what do you think that? Do you think that it's going to matter? Like, you know, how, how quick or like, A, I guess, do you think that it will eventually drive Sony out of the ability to charge a la carte for stuff and force them into the subscription model? Uh, and if it doesn't force them into the subscription model, then how, what do you think they'll do as a response of anything? I have no like, idea. Honestly, yeah. I, I really hope it doesn't force them into a subscription model. I don't like the idea at all. I yeah. don't like the idea of paying and spending crazy amounts of time on something that uh, you don't actually own. Um, I'm not on board with that. I feel the exact same way as you, uh, even to the point where I sometimes don't download free games on PS Plus because I know in the back of my mind that if I ever stop getting PS Plus, they go away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I so just, I'm, I'm super conscious. But... I just download every, or I don't download, but I add everything to the library, and I'm just like, well, it's, you know. I just mean it's in the back of my head. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I think sure. about I that stuff. That, I don't you know? consider owning them. I just, yeah. You know, I that's just like I can use them. But I mean, really, I only play online games. There are no real online games that you can play without PS Plus. Very few. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's stuff like Conan where you can play an offline version. You can play single right? player, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. some you can't even play single player. No, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. most of them. Most, actually, most of them you can't. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's it is absolutely ridiculous. insane. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that was even the case with Conan. I, I don't know, but... Um... Yeah, it's a lot of the times you don't realize until you check, so, until you're forced to someday, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh... Wait a minute, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's... um. Apparently, actually, my buddy was saying that uh, Red Dead is uh, PS Plus now, which it wasn't for a while, because they oh. made a standalone. Hang on. So you mean the original Red Dead is so, now requires PS Plus? Or is no, no, no. The, the online. Yeah. The online requires standalone PS Plus one. now, but it is a standalone game. That's impossible. This is what he told me. He's, he, ran out of, uh, he ran out of uh, his PS Plus subscription, subscription ended, and he couldn't play Red Dead. The way I understand it, if if that's true, then there must be some portion of Red Dead Online playable without PS Plus. I don't know. No matter how small. Some portion must be playable without PS Plus. I don't know. He said he couldn't get on. Yeah. Fascinating. uh, He he could play story only. Um, Oh, there there it is. He can play story. You can play... Yeah, no, but that's... Online is if you buy... Like, you can buy online as a standalone. Online was included to everybody that bought the story. Oh, uh, so he has OG written. Me too. You know, I like, see. I um, see. I see. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, whatever. There is something, but they do sell a standalone version of Red Dead. But that's just online. it. If he has the ability to play story, then it must mean he has the OG Red Dead, which means that of course he needs the subscription for the online portion because it has a story portion. You didn't need it before, though. Maybe they changed something. Yeah, I, I'm thinking they did. You're supposed to need it. Yeah, I even, think. From I think, what I understood, I think when it was, it, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I mean, like again, this was one friend, but like he was like, oh, I ran out my thing and I couldn't do my dailies. And mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I don't think it's gonna go well for Sony <laughs> further down the road. And I'm just, I, re- I really hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, That's it. me too. Um, because I, I do think that. No matter how, whether or not what Phil Spencer says is actually in fact true or not, that aside, they're putting so they're devoting so many resources to getting the most insane games on day one Game Pass that is forcing because I think what's happening is 
we should get to this, but I'll ask you about your friends in a second. But what's happening is um, a lot of games that come out when, when they come out first day are making less sales on PlayStation. Like, this is what's going to happen, right? Is that, like You keep doing this uh, ad infinitum, and eventually people will stop purchasing AAA games on day one. And that's the window. Like it's like that first week or something is like when you know most companies make the vast majority of their sales, right? It's so like right. if that stops happening because they're all just getting Game Pass because they're like, and eh, do we feel like it anymore? Maybe maybe not. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly, I mean, Sony is completely fucked. I mean, like then then they have to do something. What yeah. they will do, I don't know. But you were talking about. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting. I also thought it fed into the entire sort of like, you know, availability argument because you were telling me a little bit about how um, you have some friends recently who own a PS5 already and were considering getting an Xbox. I was playing the other night with three people and it dawned on me that they all had PS5s and all of them were going to buy the new Xbox when, because ARK is coming out day one on Xbox. Oh, on Game Pass? I don't know about Game Pass, but it's it's an it's an Xbox game. It was the same with the original release. It was. A, Is it like a time exclusive? Maybe I think so. Like it yeah, comes it out just a little come, bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I don't Fuckers. know about. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they're like crazy about Ark, um, but there were a bunch of other games too that they were talking about, and they were all talking about buying on Xbox. Yeah, and I was just like, what the hell? And they <laughs> already have PlayStation Five. They already have PS Fives. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, that's crazy. Oh. Yeah. I mean, some people are really into video games, I guess, but... Um... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so I guess for them, does this have nothing to do... Like, how do they feel about the entire, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation thing? Do they care at all? Like, are they just going where... They have they, they just... played Xbox before, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Is yeah, it nothing sure. more complicated than they're going where Ark is on day one? Yeah, probably. probably. I think so. I think okay. there's. I think there are other games um, okay. as well, but um, there. I don't think any of them are really you know one or the other. Yeah. I think they just had been on PlayStation for a while, and well, whatever. But uh, but I was just floored that three people I was playing with. First of all, that all three of them had PS5s, and second of all, that all three of them were also going to buy an Xbox. Yeah. Um, it was mind-boggling to me. That's a lot, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's, that's a insane. Lot. It um, is. That really is. Yeah. That's nutty. You gotta really like your games. I mean, um, Jesus, yeah. Do they have Game Pass? Do you know? Uh, they all had uh, PS Plus or PlayStation for now. They don't have right. the. Uh, Xbox oh, they don't yet. have it yet. No, oh, no I see. No. Yeah, 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 they had uh, the previous one. Uh, one of them was yeah, had been off PlayStation for like a month because he was playing the old Xbox for some. I don't know. But uh, all in all, they. They like Xbox, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, also, you know, there's this other article that I put here. Um, this is off of uh, Bloomberg called It's Going to Get Even Harder to Buy a PS5. Uh, and this has been, this news of this has been making the rounds. Uh, this is not unique to, like, Bloomberg is not the only person reporting on this. Uh, this came out of uh, Sony Group Corp releasing production plans for the fiscal year about how many consoles they're going to be releasing in time for the holidays, I believe. Mm. Yeah, here's a couple quotes off the Bloomberg article. Logistics issues and parts shortages have grown more severe for Sony. Chief CFO Hiroki Totoki told investigators on a conference call late last month. PS5 sales in the quarter ended September slightly weaker than expectations. On October 28th, he said this. Uh, having previously warned any resurgence and spread of COVID-19 may impact companies' component supply. PS5 became fastest, fastest Sony console to reach 10 million units sold this July. Uh, that's great, but has fallen behind the sales pace of its predecessor PS4 since then. So it was on an upward trajectory for a while of like selling more than ever before kind of thing. And it seems like they're finally hitting a point where they uh, actually can't produce enough to sort of like sat- to keep ramping up the amount. Of the- like they could sell more if they could, but they People can't. People would buy them if they 
have it, them. Exactly. Yeah, they actually could. They actually can't sell sell more, but the demand is there. Yeah, they're not the only ones struggling with this, obviously. Uh, rival Nintendo Co. Uh, cut its full-year sales forecast for the Switch console family by 1.5 million units in early November, while Bellevue, Washington-based Valve Corp. pushed back the debut of its Steam Deck portable console from December to February, also citing global supply chain issues. This is all off the Bloomberg article. Um, there's also some speculation in the article about frustration around Sony's limited inventory is growing among game makers as well as fans of the console. One top Japanese game publisher has found players who used to buy PS5 versions of its games, sorry, PlayStation versions of its games, are now gradually shifting to purchasing the PC edition, said an executive who asked not to be named. Uh, PlayStation 5 games have so far failed to make an impact on Japanese sales charts, which are dominated by Nintendo's Switch platform, uh, data from market tracker Famitsu shows. The article caps off with Sony's manufacturing partners expect PS5 to remain in tight supply through 2022, and said that producing enough units to achieve targets of 22.6 million sales next fiscal year will be challenging. I was encouraged by the news before of how even though uh, availability was really hard, uh, like they were still selling more than PS4 units in a similar time frame, right? right, right? right, right. So I was like, oh, cool. So, yeah, it's hard to find one, but more people want it now. And even though it's hard to find one, they've still sold way more than the PS4 had sold in a similar per time period during its life cycle. I felt like it's just because the demand is way higher now and like it'll stabilize eventually. But it seems like, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe these problems really are like maybe they're they are plateauing. Chip shortages are really starting to impact people. You when know. did it release? It was like almost a year PS5? ago. PS5, I think it was, I want to say November. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember, but it was, it was around November. Pretty yeah. much a year ago. And they're both the same, right? There's like a one week difference I think or something? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, yeah, I would have figured by now they would be uh, accessible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... I... But honestly, I haven't even checked. I haven't looked in a single store. I've checked a little bit. I've looked online a few times and they say yeah. out of stock. But uh, yeah. I've been told to like actually go to the store, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Over and over again. Yeah, I mean, still though, it's like if you check online sometimes, like a few times and see out of stock every time, I mean, that's good enough for most well, consumers. Yeah. I like think... most consumers aren't hardcore too, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it, it would make sense to, you know, talk to... Uh, somebody at the store find out when their next shipment's coming yeah. and then show up that day you know? yeah I did some on the ground work well I say on the ground uh, it's actually on the phone work uh, mm -hmm. with um, with EB Games that is like I, don't know, I want to say six blocks away I think right I got in touch with a really helpful sales representative there. Uh, he was like, he was super helpful and he was like, yeah, 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 like we don't have any right now. Like we do get some sometimes. And he's like, just call pretty much every day. And like shipments often will come in on a Monday or like a Tuesday or something. So he's like, call on Monday, like see if there's anything on Monday and like just call a bunch. And mm -hmm. like, you know, you, they like they come in, not a lot of them, but they come in sometimes. And like if you call and you happen to be one of the first whatever, then you'll get one. So I did this for a little while. I, I sort of cared to pay attention to it for maybe like a month or two. I was like calling like two, two maybe two to three times a week okay. when I remembered. But I was calling at least once a week. Okay. Uh, and they never had anything, but it still sounded vaguely encouraging. Like they were like, yeah, things come and go. And like we have seen some and we will see some. We don't know when, but like... You know, keep trying, and like uh, at one point in time, they were speculating that there was going to be a big push for the holiday. Um, it looks like that's. I mean, there was also an article. I didn't put this in the list, but about uh, Sony airdropping PS5s from the UK, I think, mm -hmm. or into the UK, uh, because the you know they're having su the supply chain issues are problematic. So it doesn't sound like it's impossible to find them, but 
I'm starting to sympathize a lot more about what this article is saying too at the end, how they're like, uh, some customers are seeing that they're, that they're, their consumers are going to PC, mm-hmm. right? Rather than waiting for PlayStation, they're just eventually being like, forget this. Like, oh, yeah. I'll just get this somewhere else. Yeah, it's like, that's what I'm really concerned about is that like, you know, I'm a bit of a, I mean, I hesitate to use the word fanboy, but like, I'm a fan. You're you a fan, know? Yeah. Like, I kind of like the brand, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I also like Xbox. And but Nintendo. Yeah, and Nintendo, but like... You like video games. Yeah, I like <laughs> video games, and like, I'm not too bothered to wait until I can find it, because mm-hmm. I'm just not in that much of a rush. Right, you, you know? don't want to pay scalping prices, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm starting to consider scalping prices. I probably still won't, but it's kind of like, if a scalping price were to hit like a hundred more, for example, it's like, maybe I would just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I've heard some really compelling, actually, I used to be com- like completely anti-scalper. I still, I mean, I still think they're horrible, but I've listened to the Sacred Symbols guy Colin talk about, he's basically saying over and over again, he's like, if you have the disposable income to buy this in the beginning, like to begin with, right? Like to pay the whatever 700 or something it's going to cost. And it's only a hundred bucks more for a scalp version. Do you really not have the extra hundred bucks? And he's like, he's telling people, you know, like if you actually really value your gaming time and like, why not just, and you can't get this otherwise, you know, like if you can already afford the 700, you can probably also afford the 800. He's just trying to say like, you know, don't be completely anti-scalp. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, scalpers are themselves objectively horrible. difference, if it's double the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just trying to say it's not insane if you feel like paying an extra hundred bucks because you just want the console. For sure. Right? But yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm still like, I'll just wait. But I do start to worry, you know, what's going to happen if people start to... I think what I was thinking when you were talking about Xbox, your buddy's buying both. I'm like, what happens when people start to go to Xbox? Mm-hmm. You know, and just abandon because they're like, like point? then what happens? You know, like, I don't know. PS6, we'll see. <sighs> I guess, yeah. Maybe it'll be but, better. Uh, I mean, that's all I got about that for now. It's just, you know, it's grim. And like, I, I would still really like to get one. I really hope that these, these supply chain problems eventually stabilize. My interest in it has faded quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty keen on it at first, and uh, by now I really couldn't care less. Uh, I want it, um, but there's so little to play on it. You got a PS4 Pro, though, too. Yeah, and but yeah. I mean, even that, like, I barely play anything. Um, your Hunt works better? Your Cyberpunk works better? Yeah, Hunt, though. No? Uh, hunt is a PC thing. Um, uh, maybe. Uh, oh, dude, I've watched videos of that game, and I'm like... Now, this looks fucking But nice. I know you loaded faster than I did. We've, oh, definitely, we've definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And PS5 is like 10 times faster than Pro. But there actually are some graphical dis- differences, I think, in the PS5. I think the frame rate might still be bad, but um, I think there are some actual differences. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, PS4 to PC, yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. It doesn't really look like the same game in some of these videos I've seen. Yeah. A lot of games, though, are like that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, on a really good PC, it's like, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, whatever. But, well, I'm starting to get to the problem, too, though. Like, I'm thinking towards the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about a PS5 now, but as we discussed last time, day before, is coming to PS5. It has a PS, has an actual PS5 release date. Mm-hmm. Stalker uh, is coming out, allegedly, uh, on Xbox in... I want to see, it's either June or July, I can't remember. It's like June 20th or July 20th. But, and it, and we know it's a minimum timed exclusive of three months, uh, and we, it's probably coming to PlayStation after. Mm-hmm. But it's like Stalker, I mean, I gotta play Stalker. Like, if I, if Stalker comes out fucking on PlayStation and I can't play it, like, that's gonna be a pretty sad Josh. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm gonna be like down in the dumps about that, you know? And like, same with Day Before. It's like, if I can't play Day Before when it comes out, like, fucking zombie MMO with my buddies, like, with you? 
Like I'm really, I'm gonna be really, pissed. really, really, really hesitant to buy anything day one now. I've I feel like I've learned my lesson, and I I just won't do it anymore. I'm not purchasing something day one unless I see a lot of reviews of it and stuff yeah. that and like the beta's been like I don't know. There's got to be a lot of things that make me that'll that have to push me into buying. Yeah, it. I don't trust anything anymore. But I mean, just you know, theorize with me for a second. If day before comes out. I feel like there's an awesome pun in there somewhere. If Day Before comes out and it looks exactly like it did the day before we watched it, mm. I mean, because you'll know when it comes out. You, you'll be able to check, be right? Able to check, like, yeah. But it might turn into the day after. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that like these things are going to start coming. Yeah, no, right. For like sure, it's for only sure. a matter of time. It and is. I feel the clock's ticking for me. Well, because I am an enthusiast. Right? Well, there was also but. the. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Demon Souls. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that's soon. Yeah, Returnal. Oh no, you're thinking of you mean Elden Ring? Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah, but Demon Souls is already out and yeah. it's PS5 exclusive. Yeah. And yeah, I would yeah. really like to play. Yeah, for sure, you know? for sure. But I'd be was... on it, hundred percent. Yeah, but Elden yeah. Ring is like huge, right? Yeah, yeah, but Elden Ring, FromSoft, they're not going to be a problem. Like FromSoft plays ball. They make good games. They make yeah, polished yeah, exactly, games. Exactly. Exactly. And they make games that are going to work. They're just like Capcom. That's Resident, Resident was... Evil Eight worked just fine. Exactly. On PS4, right? So basically, like the only companies I, I was trying to think of companies that have that are still reliable you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and from software yeah. and what was yeah. the other one you just said Capcom Capcom yeah yeah, yeah. obviously yeah obviously. Res, 8. Res 8 wasn't even um, designed for um, like yeah. they, it, it was uh, I'm pretty sure that they had not developed for PS4 at all right then they retroactively they went they downgraded okay. right like, because most most people that did both, it's like they start for PS4 and then they enhance for PS5. Mm-hmm. But they were going to do only, a lot of companies were going to mm-hmm. do only PS5 and then they decided to do PS4 also. But they did the development of that themselves and like they made it work perfectly fine. Okay. Like, yeah. So uh, FromSoft and, and Capcom. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're solid. Yeah. But that's what I mean. These games, Stalker, Day Before, these are small companies. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any PS4 version. You know what I mean? Like, forget yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, why would they? You know? Like, and I just, I need to get something for when that happens. But. Well, no choice. We, we've beaten it at horse enough. But yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about that? Not really, no. no. Uh, cool. Let's take a little break. Let's do it. We'll come back to some news. Sounds good. Good? Yep. What are we playing first, eh? Yeah, so uh, we're back. No food was ordered today, mm-hmm. which is a little unusual. But, not uh, really. I mean, quite a few I times. I suppose not. Yeah, like, it, it's yeah. kind of gotten out of the thing for... We were always we started first, and then yeah. we like kind of really stopped. Yeah. Although I would really like to have some more of that uh, pizza, cucina. No, oh man, I mean, uh, I had forgotten about Deco. You brought all the bad memories back to the service. <laughs> <laughs> all the disappointment about not being able to have our Deco. Yeah, mm. that cucina San Leone is not bad. No, I'm a very yeah. big fan. But, no, that was uh, pretty good. Next time we'll do Deco. I would love to do that. Yeah. So the thing is, they close at eight, right? I think so. That's what we got to make. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind for next time. Canadian El Dorado. I I remember or, I used to order that. I've had it. Or, it was good. I got this by accident once, and I only ordered it after for the longest time. Barbecue chicken and sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> you talked about this last time. Dude, what yeah. the hell? Like, I, would never, I would never I'm order that. It. But I yeah. got it once, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I took a bite. I was like, this is the best pizza I've ever had. Their stuff is good. It's surprisingly Very, good. Very yeah, good. yeah. I, I have yet to see if you can make a mistake with Bardeco. You know what I mean? Like, are there any pizzas you can order that are really... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. But yeah, so on to what we've been playing. Would you like to lead? I've got you down for GTA V. That's the only thing I've been playing. I'm a little blown away. I mean, especially considering that we just had a big GTA conversation. Yeah, yeah, Please, yeah. tell me about the GTA V. Well, I've had... Uh... 
a couple of buddies hit me up that I hadn't talked to in ages and I uh, used to play Ark and Conan and stuff with and um, got into a chat and we were looking through games that uh, we both had and there was nothing new coming out and uh, yeah, GTA 5 was uh, decided upon and a whole bunch of friends that again I hadn't talked to in ages uh, joined in so like one point the other day there was eight of us um, oh, that's awesome some of these people I hadn't talked to in like two years that's awesome <laughs> like it was very fun very yeah. fun just goofing around being idiots you know like, yeah uh, the game itself is very whatever I actually have a lot of complaints with it but um, <laughs> well just for how old it is and yeah. like how much money it's made mm-hmm. and how many problems it still has yeah versus what's put in holy it's shit like, mm. like i forget how many missions we started and it just like bugged out and we couldn't finish the mission or like disconnect and this that and the other and it was just like that's not cool isn't this like an eight-year-old game or something that's not cool bro yeah, yeah. no i was pretty I mean, surprised not only is it that but is this is this not the second most selling game of all time right right <laughs> like how much money have you made off of this um shit yeah <laughs> it's in the billions um, it's quite a lot yeah. yeah. So all in all, uh, it, dude, it's got to be way it'd be more than. I mean, here's the actual stat: 155 million copies, uh, second only to Minecraft with 200. I mean, a shocking 238 million copies. So 155 million copies. That's like, well, I guess you can't. No, multi- you, can't. you can't multiply by 80 because there, no, there's sales and, and, and stuff. And you can't go by that either. You got to go by basically how much the game has earned them. No, but you can go by that as just a base. Well, just the baseline yeah. to be like whatever number it is is way higher than that right, because right. of the microtransactions. yeah right? I, but I, I remember I think it was I think it might have been Bloomberg or something there was some article about it and they talked about how much the game had made in microtransactions and it was like ridiculous yeah like, I believe you. stupid yeah um, and the game itself has just made tons of money so it's like I don't know I think it's pretty unacceptable um, but at the same time they've been they've had so much success with it that uh, I don't know. I don't think they're going to change anything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. Why and here you? I am still playing. You know, like uh, <laughs> that's true. I think I, I think I paid like twenty bucks for it like a couple of years ago. That's not bad. When it was on sale, you know, and like. Uh, What's the total amount of money you spent on microtransactions in that game? Yeah. Nothing. Literally zero. I've never spent oh, any. Right money on. on Good for you. Yeah. Oh, the most only, people spend money, right? The only game I've ever spent money on uh, microtransactions was Hunt when I bought that uh, DLC thing. Uh, And it was just to support the company because I bought Mm. the game on sale and I liked it so much that I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the craziest thing. I'm going to spend some money on some stupid shit that I don't really care about Yeah, just to support this company. It was fun though, Um, wasn't it? Yeah, it was well worth it. I was very happy I did it. What did we get that game? Was it 50% off? Yeah, I think it was a lot, right? Like it was a significant reduction. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think originally it was fifty-five bucks, and it was down to thirty. Yeah, something like that. That, that felt pretty good. I, yeah, and it was. Uh, I believe it was because of COVID as well. Mm. It was right away when it came yeah, out. They right. had a COVID sale, and it was just yeah. like, well, that's also very cool. Um, it is. It is. So I just, I don't know. I just felt really okay spending money with them. Uh, or on them. I thought they deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockstar. I've never spent a dime in microtransactions. Red Dead, this, nothing. Hmm. And other games are... I've bought DLC for mm-hmm. stuff. But I've, totally different. But I've never spent money on, you know, cosmetics or anything yep. of the sort. Um, yep. And I always thought people that did were weird. But, uh, hey, if you're into it, you're into it. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. if you want to support them, do it. Yeah. And so that's it. Just a little GTA for me. 
Uh, well, listen, uh, yeah, I've uh, I got a boring selection. It's Diablo 2. Uh, it's same old, same old at the moment. Uh, what we've seen with my history of the What We've Been Playing segment is that basically it looks like Diablo 2 is probably pretty much for the foreseeable future here to stay. Mm-hmm. I really love it. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, I finally had a chance to play with uh, a friend of the show, Joel, and uh, his buddy, Michael. And um, after playing just a little bit with Joel, like he, he fully reinforced all my sentiments about hardcore. He was like giving me lots of pats on the backs for like having already lost five characters doing hardcore <laughs> at like level you know 12 to like 20 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like um, I just, uh, I really adore the game. Like I finally managed to get... I got a melee... So the, the challenge for... The personal challenge was that hardcore, it seemed super not that bad on ranged characters. Anybody who's ranged, no problem. But as soon as you went melee, it was, like, really difficult. That's, <laughs> that was the experience I was getting. I had three assassins die before the end of Act 2. It was the end of Act 2. There's always a spike mm-hmm. right at the final bit of Act 2 that I could never get through with a melee character. Three assassins died. I think two druids died. Uh, and then I was like starting to wonder can I ever do it you know because the only I did it with my softcore buddies um but with the softcore buddies I was trying to not die and I think I died like five times hmm. you know what I mean so yeah, I was like yeah, how yeah. the fuck am I ever gonna do this arc? <laughs> but yeah no finally after I guess learning from enough deaths and being careful enough I made it through with the druid I'm now comfortably sitting in act three I'm like halfway through act three it's super fun it's the jungles now jungles are super cool it's like getting a bit of like a snake temple vibe kind of nice, thing nice. you know like a bit of a Conan snake temple vibe cool uh, and um, it's super dope yeah I mean it's a really fun game it's I really stand by this game as being like I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say that there weren't problems. There were problems. Uh, the server issues, to me, seem basically non-exist- non-existent now. Okay, good. I think they've pretty much fully worked it out. There's occasional rubber banding, but I've, again, never felt like it um, put me in danger of dying or something. You okay. know what I mean? Very limited. Um, and it does suck, but it's occasional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the actual server issues getting on the server, not been difficult. Okay. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's pretty much either there's few enough people playing or they put effort into the servers i don't know but um so i mean there's not that many issues now and to me it really does feel like this is this is a perfect sit down and relax game Hmm. you know it's just hardcore enough to be fun it's just complex enough to reward the time you spend with it and it's a fun loop and it's also not complex enough for you to like be like a kind of a brain scratcher, mm. you know, where it's like you can just totally sit down at the end of your day and like relax for like an hour or two, just mashing demons and like it's mad fun, hmm. you know. And like you said, fun with friends. That's it. Um, so I love but really it. anything is fun with friends, right? I mean, I, I, <laughs> flicking cards in a hat is fun with friends. I mean, like really, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's true. Some it's really true. It's true. It's true. Past time and had a blast doing it. You know, you are right. You are right. But if you can play something really good with friends, even better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like Alien's Fire Team. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Dude, speaking of Aliens Fire Team, I don't want to get sidetracked, but Aliens Fire Team, the second season should be starting right about any day now. In hmm. fact, I believe the first season was actually, if I'm not mistaken, September 24th, which means that the second season, wait, no, I lied. Sorry, the first season came out August 24th, 2021, which okay. means the second season should actually start two days from now. Hmm. If I mean, if the three-month cycle is what they're doing, right? Like, right. Then, because that's usually what, that's exactly what Destiny does, right? With a, Or what Bungie does with Destiny. It should be starting two days from now. And we, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into this later with, this is a bit of a teaser. We're doing a post-launch content episode soon. There is a roadmap out for Aliens, Aliens Fire Team is detailing DLC for the next, like, nine months or something. I mean, it's very vague, but, like, we'll get into that in the post-launch. But I'm excited. 
And I can't wait to see, you know, two days from now, there should be a little bit more content, I think. Yeah. So here's hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. Um, anyways, Diablo 2, love it. Uh, that's all I got to say. Cool, cool. Yeah. So on to the news. We've got uh, number one in a very Josh-centric uh, first item. Loop Hero release date uh, finally revealed. Uh, this was, I think the Loop Hero was previously only, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Switch Nintendo Direct uh, where they did, they said that it was coming. They said it was coming, and it was big because it signified, uh, yeah, it, it, for like such an amazingly selling game. Loop Hero did something like over a million in its first week, I think. Okay. It was really nuts for some reason. For an indie game in particular, just on Steam, it was like really impressed. Um, and I was all over this game when it first came out, and it was completely blank on console releases for a while. And I was mm. like, why? You know, like how how is it not coming? Why are they not? Very few companies ever do it, but sometimes they do. And so, anyways, finally they got it got announced for Switch, and I think it was just coming to Switch okay. in winter. I think is what they said, right? Uh, so it actually has a concrete release date now. It's coming out December 9th. Uh, this news came out two days ago, four days ago. Uh, it's coming out December 9th, very soon. It's an it's an instant um... instant buy for you, eh? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually might even. I just occurred to me today when I was reading this news article. Yeah, I might want to check the pre-order just because I don't really care that much. But it's true that sometimes they do like sales, right? Right. right. Sometimes it's like ten percent off, and I do know that I'm going to buy it. So mm -hmm. there's really if no there is a sale, you may as well, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm super stoked about this game. It's so fucking weird and different. Like the, just the style of game. It's like mm -hmm. it's like a card based auto battler where you only control where to put the like cities you discover kind of it's like other than that like the game plays itself like the guy your guys just go around a track and like auto fight the enemies and you're just you're modifying like little things in their path hmm. so that to change how their path goes it's weird you okay. know it's super out there but so, like, like lemmings yeah maybe in a way in a weird way and i think mm -hmm. it has card ba card elements like a card game elements okay. you know from what i understand but it looks totally bonkers and weird and uh, yeah i can't wait to play it hmm. uh, sounds amazing i've actually heard firsthand testimonials too of people being like this game is incredible you know cool. so super psyched yeah um and uh that's for that uh, that takes us to number two which is apple will finally let you fix your iphone yourself now i got this off of an IGN article uh, and IGN, if I'm not mistaken, is getting this off of a TechCrunch Notes article and also, I think, just an announcement uh, on Apple's like official channels. Okay. Right? Um, but basically, so Apple has announced, uh, this is a quote off the IGN article, Apple has announced a new self-service repair program allowing customers within its ecosystem to perform their own repairs on devices. Uh, Unbelievably amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's fucking awesome. And it's I mean... mind-boggling how... Fantastic, that's it. It's really, yeah, it's it's really cool right to repair stuff. It changes my view of Apple, like, hugely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For them to do this is like, I like you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, I mean, now. yeah, I mean, and maybe, you know, in case people don't understand, because they might, yeah, I guess, not, you know, not everybody has an Apple, Apple products, right? Right. But they're, yeah, they're one of the worst in terms of um, making proprietary stuff, like proprietary hardware, proprietary software. Jack. Yeah, the headphone jack. I mean, um, like, not being able to take out the battery. They were the first to do that, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of stuff. It yeah. was just ridiculous. And, uh... and I defend them in terms of like, I like their customer care programs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I still, I, 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 I'm not for the fact that it's all proprietary stuff, but I have at least had the experience of like, okay, well, they want you to only do it themselves. That's the message. But at least when they do it themselves, it seems to work quite well. Yeah, right? but they were, so... there was that whole marketplace that they did and it was just like, it was, it, it exposed a lot, and uh, it yeah. was, and it was people were accusing them of this. But um, 
Well, they've also come under fire in the past for stuff like having faulty uh, water damage detectors. Absolutely. Right, that are tripping for just like moisture in yeah, areas that are too humid. You yeah. know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like they're but without. That's not that. That's pretty common, like with everybody. Um, like those moisture sensors will change, and like everybody uses them. You know, it's not like uh, yeah. just them. It's kind of like a failsafe for people to get out of warranties. Yeah. It's like let's put this in. Yeah, we no, know it's, it's going to be uh, off yeah, for sure. But they just—they, I don't know—they've done so much horrible shit. They uh, really have about yeah. repairing yeah. stuff, making their own hardware. Um, yeah. for things, be- so yeah. you can't get a screw to take it, a screwdriver to take it out, like dude, unreplaceable you... parts inside, like just yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, no, they're the, that their own screwdriver thing. Mm-hmm. That's something I've had to deal with personally, right? Mm-hmm. Like ordering the special Apple screwdriver that only does Apple products, yeah, yeah. right? Like and ordering the special Apple screws that only work in mm-hmm. Apple products. Like, no, you're totally right, and it's like. I, I, I still, I will say that it, I don't think it's without a gain on the consumer side. I feel like there is still some gain. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But like, it's like, to me, it's a trade-off where it's like, yeah, you lose out on a, on a lot of stuff and you gain some things too. Mm. But uh, either way, this is fantastic. This is an amazing And I completely step. agree with you, yeah. right? Like, I want it to be both ways. Yeah. Where you can, you, can, you, can, you can repair yourself and they have the... Well, also, you know, like, let other pros repair it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, allow them to uh, mm-hmm. you know repair the stuff. That, allow them I'm, to do it without avoiding warranties. Exactly. Right? Like it doesn't. I don't know. Um, the marketplace thing just showed that you know often people bring it in and they get sold a new computer uh, when really it's you know a loose wire. Um, yeah. Shit like that. And it yeah. was just like, I don't know. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's strictly an Apple thing. <laughs> you know, like Probably I have a feeling not, most but... companies <clears throat> kind of pull that shit, right? Um, yeah, I think they're just the sort of the worst offender. Yeah, probably. You know? um, and but... well, and they're, they're so large that probably a lot of people get this experience, so it might seem more like they're doing it more, but it's just yeah. there's more people having it done to them. Yeah, yeah. Man, here's another, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, we advertise almost exclusively as being on iTunes and stuff. Like, if Apple ever hears any of this stuff, <laughs> they're probably not going to be too happy. But for example, I just bought a new, a brand new MacBook Air 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Which I am really happy with, to be fair, right? Yeah. Like, I'm and I've ex- never seen a computer that fast. Yeah. No, it's totally awesome. And this is the exact same price as the computer I bought 10 years ago, right? Like, it's that hasn't really changed for inflation all that much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm paying the same amount as I did last time I bought a computer, but it's just happens to have faster specs because it's that much later, yeah. right? Like it's, they've evolved that much further. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally awesome. Like I love it in every respect. It seems amazing. But uh, at the same time, like now the iTunes app for it, it's not even called iTunes. It's like the music app. Like the music app. So I had, it took me a, a long time to just even wrap my head around what that meant. But like the music app won't let you, I can't take the stuff off my phone onto the computer now. Right? Like, it used to be if I got, if I downloaded a new thing on my phone... You could put it on your computer. Exactly. I could, there was a method to transfer, and now they've made it so that you can't even... So the only way for me to get my old library, even though that library is now fully contained on my phone at the moment, is actually to go into the backups. I mean, I have backups, because I'm not... I'm, I'm smart with that stuff. But I have... The only way it is to go into the backups and actually physically move the files over. Right? Like... Yeah. It's just, I mean, that's, and that's, of course, just because they want you to use only music purchased from Apple. You can re-download anything you've bought from Apple. It's just that I also have stuff that's not bought from Apple. Mm -hmm. So none of that stuff, including just sometimes random MP3s of, like, a podcast from four years ago that I wanted to keep for, like, archival purposes. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
So that sucks. And it also, like, doesn't have a fucking USB. Uh, there's no fucking USB key now. Mm-hmm. So I needed to buy a $25 attachment to make a USB. And it's USBs. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, Apple, you want us to use your fucking proprietary. Well, it's not. I don't think it even is proprietary. But they, you want us to use your fancy USB-C shit now. And mm-hmm. it's like, fine. It's the, yeah. But just put a fucking... Just put a jack. Just mm-hmm. put one jack. Like, everyone and their grandmother still uses... Uh, USB keys, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like super common. It's like, so I have to buy an attachment for that. And it's like, there's little things like that. That kind of behavior, yeah, I really don't approve of. But yeah. again, this whole, this is in the right direction, man. It's in the so right direction. got to give them credit where yeah. they want it to do. And, totally, uh, totally. Think... Let me come back to the article for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, beginning early early next year, Apple will start selling tools, parts, and instructions, to custom, and instructions, to customers brave enough to fix a phone from the iPhone 12 or 13 line. Supported repairs include replacing the display, battery, or camera, with more repair options coming later in the year. Apple also plans to roll up products for those looking to self-repair an M1-powered Mac down the road as well. This is what I have. Mm-hmm. The new ones are M1-powered Macs. And the M1 thing is also getting into a, some pretty nasty like proprietary territory because the M1 chip is, from what I understand so far, is a chip manufactured by Apple, unique to Apple, mm-hmm. right? Like, they finally, they're not using Intel Pentium chips anymore. Right. It's like their own chips, right? Mm. That don't interact with certain other things. Of course not. Uh, so, uh, for, for plans to roll out products for those looking to self-repair an M1-powered Mac down the road, although you can still have these services done at an Apple store or third-party repair shop as well. While Apple will begin offering a DIY repair option for those looking to fix their Apple device themselves, tech giant notes in a recent press release that the program aims for individuals with the knowledge and experience to repair electronic devices. It also encouraged a vast majority, quote-unquote, of its customers to go to a professional, either at an Apple store or third-party, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there was one final note. I didn't want to make it seem strictly positive, but while this is a major win for those in support of the right to repair movement, there still remains an issue of voiding device warranty when performing DIY repairs yourself. TechCrunch notes that making these repairs yourself will not nullify your warranty, but damaging your device while performing them still poses an issue. IGN reached out to Apple to clarify whether accidental damage performed during a self-repair will void the warranty. They have uh, not yet uh, commented. I would think it should. Well, that's just the thing. This is like... So this is good. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's completely like without maybe sort of potential pitfalls. No, but I mean, if you're repairing something and you mess up and break it, well, yeah, uh, come on, like, yeah, no, uh, totally, totally, of totally, course, the warranty's totally. got to be void. You know? But the fact that they're even trying to like let people do it themselves, brave yeah. people do it themselves. Well, that's it. I'm not brave enough either, I right? Touch it. It's like, but that's not the point. No. You know, like I just want my other friend who is brave to mm-hmm. be able to do it mm-hmm. if he wants, right? Like, yeah, or somebody that you know, like I don't know, exactly. I, I just exactly. think it's great, and it's not. I'm with uh, you, man. I'm 100 with you. It's not perfect yet, but it's a great step. So for good sure, for you, Apple. For sure, absolutely. Um, so, moving on to number three, uh, we've got live-action Hunt Showdown series in the works. <laughs> and now, this is off Crytek's official site. Headline is of the same name. Uh, show will appear exclusively on new streaming platform Binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't even. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. I don't no, know anything about, about it, and um, and that's sort of worrisome. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the exact same thing when I. I mean, if like it's such an obscure game too, right? Like, uh, yeah, it is. That, yeah. Well, like, I, I suppose gaining popularity of like gaining. Um, like more people, a lot of people have heard of it now. I feel like than when it came out. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe I don't not. think it has a very high player base. Maybe it's just us. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a pretty niche game, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, but um, I love the idea. I don't know how that's going to work. I feel like they could absolutely ruin it, or just you know butcher it, not ruin it. The game is amazing no matter what. Even yeah, if you that's make a true. shitty show, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, unless you start trying to make the game like the show. 
which Ooh, could be problematic. That could um, be, yeah. You know, characters maybe, hunters, I don't know. But the lore for the game, like uh, the way you, you actually get the lore is by killing monsters, right? So you kill a certain amount of monsters, it unlocks uh, a section in your... Uh, it's some, Monsterum? Yeah, it's some fancy like... Yeah, it's like a, a bestiary. Book of the bestiary, yeah. Perfect. But it's like a Monsterum or something it's called. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, Monsterum Nostrum or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's got a fancy name. But all in all, it, like, it unlocks a section and then you kill another 250 or 500 and it unlocks another section. So it's like, you got to do a lot of killing to uh, actually get the whole story. But um, the story's really cool. And uh, I'm pretty keen. It, like, I think they could make it phenomenal. If they go with some of these, the lore, you know? Like, yeah, if they sort of deep dive in. Oh, it could be crazy. Yeah, it, it could. could. Be absolutely crazy. But, again, not knowing anything about who's making it. Yeah. Um, well, the setting is like one of the, it's one of the most rife for an amazing, crazy, like sort of horror western action TV show, right? Like Wild West mixed with like Louisiana Bayou monsters and like folklore and stuff. It's like... it's. I mean, the potential is really there. Absolutely. Right? Like, I just feel like it'd be really easy to drop the ball. And um, what I'm picturing is just a slightly more mature version of, maybe slightly is the wrong word, but a little bit more mature version of Supernatural. Remember Supernatural? Oh my God. If it's anything like Supernatural, I'm going to uninstall the game. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I mean, I know this is a, a controversial perhaps, but I still say that Supernatural was not amazing. But had a lot of the blueprints of something that was close to being amazing. Okay. Or not amazing is maybe the wrong word, but close to being a really nice, serial, casual sort of version of like the monster of the week thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was close for me. Okay. It didn't manage it, but I was like, I can see parts of it in here. Okay. And I think that, you know, if, if, it, if done well, a hunt showdown that's vaguely similar to that in terms of how it's serialized, like with like more mature and less dumb, you know, I mean, better written, better mm. acted and like, but a sort of similar monster of the week kind of feel maybe. Yeah. Maybe could be. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Because again, that was like everything, right? Like uh, every kind yeah. of supernatural thing. So you had whatever, the stuff yeah. that would go together. But, yeah. but like this, I'm really kind of concern I'm, I mean I'm curious but uh, I have very low expectations and I mean I really hope it's amazing I'm sure, gonna watch yeah. it regardless whether it's trash or not I'm going to <laughs> we have it. to figure out how to watch on binge.com oh, I'll, I'll sub for a month or whatever binge.com really whatever I mean, it's such a bad name for it it's like it's just slap in the face is like a like do you really want to go to a website called binge.com I don't want to be seen going to a website called binge.com it like, sounds kind of dirty that actually. word already annoys me to begin yeah. with and it's like I don't I don't want to be, I don't want to be perceived as binging things mm -hmm. like yeah i watched it because i liked it i didn't binge it i don't know it's such a i don't know it's just such a weird word it is kind of mm -hmm. anyways coming back to the blog post for a second crytex avni yearly farouk yearly and pascal toniker will serve as executive producers alongside producers alan ungar and vince talenti from binge here's a quote from the blog post we have always known that hunt showdown would look great as a live action series uh, i think that's kind of not Arguable. The fact that it would look great as a it live could action. Be amazing. I mean, the, the visual aesthetic of Hunt Showdown is one of its strengths, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Said Avni Early, Crytek founder and joint CEO. The world is dark, gritty, and immersive, and there's so much potential for many great stories to be told. We can't wait to see what the team at Binge can create. Vince Talenti adds Hunt Showdown is a heart pumping survival game with incredible lore, accurate, that's ripe for a live action series adaptation. We're excited to drop viewers deep into the bayou and have them come face to face with monsters and hunters alike. So they're going to... Okay. Yeah, so they're still going to be... It's not just Hunter... Look, I have a feeling they're 
well, hunters alike, right? Like, um, yeah. Drop viewers into the bayou, have them come face to face with monsters and hunters alike. Interesting. So they're really focusing on all aspects of what makes the game special. Yeah, I would prefer it if the game was just about the hunters going into the bayou, not having to deal with other hunters. Um, if it was just a thing about hunting monsters. Yeah. And not killing each other. I feel like that is just going to... I don't know. There's so much cool stuff with the monsters. There is. And yeah. I feel like that could be watered down too much if they focus too much on the other hunters, right? Like maybe. A feud? Yeah. I don't know. I'm also but terrified just... of how they're going to do an emulator. Um, <laughs> uh, or a hive. I'm more terrified of how. Oh man, the hive could be so dope. It could I'm... be so dope, it could but be it's so bad. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more terrified of them doing a concertina. The, <laughs> the armored zombies yeah, with the concertina. No, no, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, those could be rough. Um, <laughs> the meathead, I think they might get well. But the costumes. Dude, there's so much potential for the yeah. costumes. Yeah. And like, the costumes, like, if they lifted them verbatim from the game as is, are, like, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know? There's potential. There is. Big-time potential. I'm we'll see. really curious. Does it give Me a too. date? Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, free streaming platform, Binge.com, launches in 2022 and will be available on TV, mobile, PC, or console. That's all so they say. So it's a free That's all they say. platform? <laughs> Again, unclear. About Binge, Binge.com will launch for free in 2022. It just says for free and be available to stream for free on your TV, mobile, PC, or gamer console. And this is off the Crytek website. So okay, well, we'll I don't see. know. That's all we know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we'll have to wait. I mean, it's not that far. No. 2022. So we will see. Um, cool. I did not see that coming either. No, neither did I. And again, real quick, another short teaser. Um, we're eventually we're, ge we're gearing up to do a video game movie adaptation episode, mm -hmm. which can include TV shows too, yeah, right? yeah. Last of Us, whatever. It's all the same, yeah. So that could be a nice thing to add to that. Uh, absolutely, I hope so. Again, I yeah. think though that's basically an endless topic. Um, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. go on for days. I agree with you. Moving on to number four. Which is controversial shooter Six Days in Fallujah delayed to 2022. This is on November 17th off of a IGN article. Do you remember when it was originally supposed to release? I don't know. I feel like it was 2011? 13? Oh, the original original? Yeah. I think it's 2009. 2009, okay. Yeah. All in all, I'm just, I was just trying to say, you know, like another delay. It's like, oh, oh well. Well, the game was canceled in 2009, 2018. Tempe stated game wasn't cancelled, assets were still intact, and they and would eventually be finished and released at undetermined future date. In February 2021, it went into high gear with uh, announced that Victura, a company founded by Peter Tempe in 2016, would release the game later the same year, in 2021, uh, and that Highwire, uh, this is another development company, had been contracted as developers. That's pretty much the, the, the timeline till now. Hmm. Yeah. And then it just got delayed off of a blog post on... Publisher Victura and Highwire Games' uh, site uh, saying just got delayed to Q4 2022. Okay. Yeah. All in all, delay, delay, delay. I don't have anything really. Like, when it comes out, I'll say something. I, I don't know. I'll yeah, no. no. I mean, for sure. I mean, there's really, you know, there's nothing to the news here. Mm -hmm. It's just a simple delay. Uh, the only reason why I wanted to bring this up was because I actually I got a little bit of renewed interest in this game recently because I checked out this super cool episode of a series that seems a little uh, hit and miss. Um, on IGN Unfiltered, IGN Unfiltered podcast, which is an interview podcast with uh, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN, who is not my favorite editor. I, I prefer other ones, but um, he did a pretty good... He's a pretty good journalist. Like, I don't like him as a personality as much as other people, but he's a pretty good journalist. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, yeah, he does this Unfiltered series, and it's a sequence of interviews with, like, various, uh, various people from the industry. Like, I also listened to one where he interviews Cold Iron Studios that do Aliens Fireteam. Mm -hmm. uh, that was... 
I found it a little boring, but it still was still fun to hear from the the fire team, People. the fire team team. <laughs> yeah. Team. Um, and another one with uh, two of the Diablo. No, sorry, two of the Diablo one and two creators from Blizzard, and that was also a little boring. They seemed a bit too full of themselves. But then I also listened to the Six Days in Fallujah interview, and that was interesting. Yeah, six, the Six Days. Yeah, the Six Days in Fallujah interview with Peter Tamte, uh, and that was super cool. And it renewed yeah. your interest. Super, super cool. Yeah, and I, th- I actually got really sad that um, when we were initially doing the round of news about, uh, you know, the con- we were talking about the controversy in the game mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, how we felt about uh, the co- topics it was covering. I'm, I'm actually sad now that I didn't listen to that at the time because it would have given oh, me a lot more. Then? Yeah, I think it came out, I was either out already, or it was like a few days after we recorded oh, that okay. kind of thing. It was right around the same time. Uh, and I think it was like, I was kind of, I noticed it happening, and I think I, they talked about it on the Sacred Symbols show, and I was like, oh, that sounds neat, and then just never found enough time to, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, no, it was a really cool hour-long interview with both of them, and it really gave me the impression that, because when we covered it before and talked about just the controversy and the news surrounding this thing, and like whether or not it sort of like has a right to exist, or if it's too political, or if it's not political enough, or whatever, one of your comments was just that it's like you sort of feel like, is it even going to be a good game now? You know, like like a game, like a, a first-person shooter game with this kind of background, with this kind of subject, like is the game going to be any good at all? And it's like, no, you know, which is an important angle. Um, and I kind of, I didn't think about the actual game that much. But listening to these guys talk about it made me think about what what the actual game portion of this could be like. Um, And yeah, I just, I really feel like the both of them had, um, they have really interesting takes on what creating a game based on people who are actually in a conflict and from information. uh, And a lot of the, I think what's going, it's informing the development of this game is just the fact that they spoke a lot with actual war veterans about how they approach war games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sorry, I just checked the name of the other gentleman that was interviewed, Jamie Greisimer. Uh, they're both ex-Halo developers from Bungie, just to explain their background. Peter Tamte and Greisimer are both uh, ex-Halo developers. And I think it was Greisimer on the interview who spoke about how he went with one of uh, a portion of their team at one point in time during the development of Fallujah, I think. The, the, sorry, the first, the first game before it got cancelled, I think. Mm-hmm. And like... He saw, uh, act- he noticed how much military personnel actually seemed to be, seemed to really enjoy playing some of these war games, like as just like recreational stuff, mm-hmm. and how the types of things that they would say about the games when they weren't playing them. Right. Like they were just all talking all the time about how like, well, they really loved it. I think it was Halo in this specific example. It was, they were actually just playing Halo all the time, and they, they fucking loved the game. It was like one of their favorites. It was one of their favorite ways to relax, was like not to read, not to watch TV, but to play video games, mm-hmm. and specifically Halo. And then uh, he just had a lot of conversations with them about, like, because they were in actual conflict. And they were talking to him about how different it is, you know, and, like, how... And they still love the game, but they were talking in a lot of ways about how, like, you know, certain aspects just didn't make any sense compared to actual combat or just were completely not the way things go in real life. And I think that's kind of what informed a lot of the development of this game was just the desire to make something a little different because all the, the, the news outlets around the controversy of uh, Six Days in Fallujah are focusing a lot about, like, is it appropriate to tell the story or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, just for the political stuff. But these guys talked a lot about just how how this type of real-world conflict could inform game design. Right. And that I thought was fascinating. Okay. Because I was like, okay, well, if these things can be used to some in some way inform game design for military shooters in a way that hasn't been done before... That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not it's appropriate, it's a completely different topic. Different stuff, right? Yeah. But 
that got my curiosity because I'm always like I'm always more curious about the gameplay parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know what 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 cool things can we learn from this stuff? But anyways, uh, all that to say. It's delayed. It's delayed. <laughs> so we'll have to wait a little bit longer to find out. But yeah, I would strongly encourage anyone curious to go listen to the IGN Unfiltered. Uh, super, super good. Yeah, and, and these guys sound a lot more interesting and a lot less sort of like mm, heartless as they seemed in a lot of the press stuff. Okay. You know, and I thought that was really, like it put a much more human dimension on them than I had before. And good. That I appreciated. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. That's all I got to say about that. What do you think? Yeah, I've got nothing to say on it. Until, yeah, sure. Like, let's wait and see. I mean, yeah, uh, Totally. It's delayed. Uh, big yeah. surprise. You should check out the unfiltered thing. Yeah, sometime, it might, maybe. It might it's not go. bad. Yeah, it was surprisingly interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to number five. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick knew for years about sexual misconduct allegations at Video Game Giant. Now, I was getting this off the Wall Street Journal article of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, a former assistant for Bobby Kotick alleges that he threatened to have her killed in 2006. That was one of the big additions to this uh, things that Bobby Kotick knew about and did nothing about. That was 16th of November. And like you were saying before, well, I what mean, we said last time. Yeah, we just don't know. It it appears that he did know. Um, and uh, well, we'll see uh, as time goes how much he knew. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I mean, we were pretty suspicious of him, right? Like, I mean, it was like, who knows how much, how involved he actually is? Yeah. But like, chances are he probably did know something, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it seems like, I mean, this, uh, I watched also the Yang Ye breakdown of like, it's kind of a bit of a recap of like all mm-hmm. the different things that are coming out about Bobby Kotick and it really seems to be just sort of an endless stream lately of like, <laughs> it's just thing upon thing upon yeah. thing upon thing, death threats, uh, you know, allegations of can we say that? Are we allowed to say that? I don't think Young so. Young Ye also says, we're not allowed to say it? I don't think you're allowed to say, well, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know about, um, Platforms. I know yeah. YouTube doesn't uh, like. Yeah, it. Young A keeps saying RAPE instead mm-hmm. of. Yeah, there's certain words that uh, YouTube censors. Here we can just say allegations of uh, sexual harassment and sexual. What's the technical term for? I think Isn't it's there a, There's no other way of saying <laughs> I think it. That is a technical term, no? Sexual assault. Yeah, it's not. It's, thank you. Yeah, sexual harassment and sexual assault. But I mean, it's. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, know. I don't think sexual assault necessarily is. I'm, I'm just not sure. sure what I'm like allowed to say. <laughs> Anyways, the R word, right? Uh, but lots of stuff is coming out. Mm-hmm. It's it seems to be just sort of piling on, piling on. Um, we're also not on YouTube, right? So we're also not on YouTube. Yeah. No. But anyways, um, yeah, we don't really have much to say about this. No. Um, my know. sentiment is just, I guess, when I saw this this morning, I had a brief conversation with my girlfriend about this, and I was sort of wondering out loud, kind of like, because there was also that you know big walkout that happened yeah, as a result within of this two new... hours of that article coming out, over a hundred people walked out. I think exactly, which, which is, is huge. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. And like Young A pointed out, uh, particularly in a time where people are working from home, and you know, yeah, to get that amount, getting yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that uh, I'm a little surprised. I think that uh, the people at Activision Blizzard are still this willing to um, you know put sort of action to the to the things that are going on. I'm happy about it. I think that they they seem to be speaking in a way for the employees that not that many people, in particular at video game companies that I've ever heard of, have done before. Hmm. I think that's interesting. Uh, and I'm, I guess what I was wondering aloud to my girlfriend this morning is, you know, what's their, what's the end game here? The employees are continually walking out. They're expressing again and again that like, you know, they, they want some actual change. It seems like the focal point of the moment is just for Bobby to step down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he said recently that he will, he assured the people uh, that were talking that he will do something. Oh my God. And... If it's shown that his doing something was not in fact doing something, then he will 
consider stepping down. Okay, I believe so a bunch we're... of verbal diarrhea. Um... <laughs> he's at least addressing it. Whatever. I mean, he's a dick, yeah, but he's addressing it. Fuck, uh, Bobby. Fuck, fuck Bobby for sure. But he also was responsible indirectly for my server issues on Diablo 2. So fuck double. Bobby, big time. <laughs> but yeah, I was wondering what's the end game. And I guess they just want him to step down. Like, yeah. what do they actually want to happen? No, is but what I, mean, I wonder. Like, even if he you know? steps down, like, uh, what does that, like, who cares? That's what I was thinking. Like, you does know, that matter? You know, I guess, I guess figuratively speaking, for them it does, right? I don't know. I Otherwise, think... they wouldn't be asking for it. I would hope he'd step down and maybe be charged with something. Yeah, um, that would be nice. Yeah, like, be nice. Uh, I don't know. Because, yeah. I mean, they'll bring in a new yeah. CEO. Um, exactly maybe this thinking. guy, maybe it's Bobby from a different company that they bring yeah. in now. And like this guy had to go from some other company because the same sort of shit. So yeah. now he's in here. Yeah. Nothing's changed. I guess as time goes by, I become increasingly concerned that how are the Activision Blizzard folks going to get what they want here? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I hope that they can, they can get something that satisfies them. Yeah. I'm just not sure what that would be. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean... Yeah. All we know now is uh, a little more towards Fuck Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good for Bobby. No. But it hasn't for a while. <laughs> no, it didn't look good for him before, but I, uh, there was also a lot of just like, mm, I don't know. It was weird. The way it was, the way a lot of the articles were phrased and stuff, it just didn't know exactly how involved he was. But as yeah. more stuff has come out, it's like, well, it looks like you're kind of in there, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that DFEH lawsuit will eventually reach its close and get some right. actual closure maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll people see. People actually yeah. get charged or something. Yeah. We'll never hear about it. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to number six. This one's amazing. I, I love this headline. Uh, this is off IGN. <laughs> uh, Battlefield 2042 players joining XP farm servers are quickly discovering that they are the prey. <laughs> Subtitle, the hunters have become the hunted. Yeah, IGN was sourcing PC Gamer with this information. Right. And basically, uh, I just thought this was hilarious. Um, I thought that we uh, rarely ever get a chance to discuss Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, I don't I never played any of them. It's so far beyond both of our... I've been, like, casually intrigued by them. I guess I've played Battlefront. Does that count? Battlefront, isn't that Star Wars? Yeah, but it's the same creators. Is it? DICE? Yeah, DICE does all the battlefields. Okay. I think with one of the two, they had help from somebody else, but still they were involved in both of them. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I guess Battlefront, which is... It's not Battlefield, but it's... Vaguely related, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they have similar sort of like giant battlefield vehicles and shit. Like it's really kind of a very similar game with a yeah, reskin yeah. of Star Wars. Pretty you know. Much, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was—it's so rare that we get to talk about Battlefield. And I sort of have been paying vague attention to this game since it was announced. It I want to say was E3 when they started showing all the really exciting footage with like the dudes flying into planes and stuff. And like I think so. I think it was E3. Um, and I was—I saw the trailers and I was like, well, that looks neat. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to play this, but it looks neat. This article headline got me to to check a little bit about Battlefield 42. And what I didn't realize is that apparently it's been an extremely rough launch for Battlefield 2042. It's one of the worst-reviewed games on Steam in little over a week. Uh, I'm getting this off IGN. Battlefield 2042 becomes one of Steam's worst-reviewed games while it's still one of its most played. Currently ranked as ninth worst-reviewed game of all time on Steam. Ninth. Okay, little production snafu there, guys. Back to Battlefield. Currently ranked as the ninth worst reviewed game of all time on the platform, Battlefield 2042 has seen over 30,000 of its 42,000 reviews on the platform come back negative. Despite poor reviews, however, there are still plenty of people playing the game. According to SteamDB, Battlefield 2042 is currently ranked second only to Halo Infinite for trending games across the last seven days, and for peak player counts across the last 24 hours. 
The EA Shooter also ranks 89th in the platform's rankings for highest peak concurrent players of all time, while the beta itself ranks 54th. All that to say, it's a pretty controversial launch, uh, much more than I thought it was. Yeah. While I have little experience with this game as a whole, uh, I just thought the article about the players joining XP Farms... Was hilarious. Was completely hilarious. Absolutely. They're suddenly getting murked. And the fact that it's got such a high player count and it's still having so many problems is pretty interesting too, right? It's really interesting. Yeah, because it's like, what are the people latching on to that is... Because it's something. Right, and is this gonna... I don't know how this bodes for uh, future release of games, you know? Yeah, If they can release broken shit and still get crazy numbers, even though they're getting bombed review-wise. Yeah. Like, will they care? That's a really good question. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It seems at the moment like they do. Yeah. Uh, from what little I see, it seems like they're pretty keen on uh, getting it into as good a working order as possible. There's been a fair amount of communication about that. But here to come back to the hilarious article again for a second. Uh, however, as reported by PC Gamer, many early players are creating XP farming servers that are basically a small human team fighting against a larger team of bots that have little health and no guns. What makes this a problem in Battlefield 2042 is players who join one of these servers are the sm- after the smaller human team is full are thrown onto the bot team to be slaughtered. <laughs> While this would cause many to instantly quit, PC Gamer's Tyler Wilde noticed that there are certain players who are attempting to defeat the odds and rise up against their attackers. What's really funny is that not everyone leaves after discovering only a handful of players in the server are XP farming and they are one of them, Wilde wrote. I've stuck around and watched players desperately run at their tormentors with knives over and over again. Somewhere along the line, a rumor must have started that typing slash switch or slash swap team into chat puts you on the other team, because there's a lot of that. It does not work. I've also (laughs) seen strings of players type slash gun, apparently hoping the command will give them a gun. It also does not. And then there's a bunch of reports of EA working on the issue, and they're trying to uh, solve this exploit as quickly as possible, which is not surprising. But for the time that it's there, it is hilarious. Absolutely and hilarious. If I was going to play Battlefield 2042, I would really hope that I saw firsthand this I X- would join XP an XP farm <laughs> to be on the wrong side just for the memes. It um, sounds great. It yeah. sounds like a blast. Just for the lulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, on to number seven, uh, Back for Blood gets solo campaign progression with December free update. I got this off Polygon, subtitle three premium expansions in 2022 two free updates to close out this year. And Polygon is getting this straight off of the uh, Turtle Rock uh, Twitter po- Twitter page uh, where they post a actual detailed roadmap that contains a summary of free updates coming in November, December, and 2022. Uh, in November is listed quality of life improvements, major bug fixes. December is the big update that the Polygon article is mostly centering around. All new features, new supply lines, ridden practice area, holiday seasonal event. Uh, then the big one for me, solo offline with campaign progression. New card types, all new cards. Then further in 2022 is new difficulty coming, new player cards, new corruption cards, new co-op mode, sounds exciting, melee updates, unknown, but who doesn't like melee, quality of life improvements. Uh, I thought this was interesting because I haven't thought this much about this game since it came out, mm-hmm. uh, except to notice that Skill Up had a lot of seemingly extremely reasonable complaints Yeah, complaints about the actual release game versus the beta he played. Right. Whereas he loved the beta with his buddies, and then this the actual release, in his eyes, substantially worse than the beta was. Right. Which is unusual, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, I, I was kind of fascinated because I used to love Left 4 Dead, but then when the game actually came out, I was kind of a little bit so-so. Um, skill ups, the stuff that he said, I was like, that does sound like real big problems. That was my... That was the nail in the coffin for me. I mean, the fact that it was full price, uh, the fact that it had no offline play whatsoever... 
Uh, the fact that it had really serious difficulty issues according to skill up because the first game already had difficulty issues like me and my buddy Matt we were playing tons of it like we we experienced that like firsthand in Left 4 Dead and to hear that it's kind of like back in the same way and maybe nastier in this one because we had the same problem where it's like we couldn't get past normal like we could we could play hard for a, a lot of it mm-hmm. but then we'd At always a certain point there's just no passing. yeah we'd hit a wall that we would sit and do like twenty times over and just could never get past it and it sounds like normal difficulty on this was maybe that fucked you know what I mean mm. so uh, yeah that no offline can't play by yourself at all uh, sorry can't play. Exactly, single-player progression that everyone's complaining about. The fact that when you play solo, even though you have to be online, when you play solo, the whole card system, which is the exciting meat and potatoes of the game, the fact that that's locked out to you and only made for the multiplayer people, and I think, as far as I understand, you just get everything unlocked automatically when you mm-hmm. play by yourself. It's just weird. It's yeah. weird and questionable, and why would it have even been like that to begin with? Nobody knows. Yeah. So, like I said uh, before, and what I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more in the post-launch content episode, um, these types of things suck, <laughs> because mm-hmm. why the fuck does it take people complaining about this for them to patch the feature in? Like, I'm sick and tired of companies being like, okay, we'll release it like this, and we'll just wait and see if anyone says anything. And as soon as they say something, we'll, we'll just fix it. Yeah. But if they don't say anything, well, of course we won't fix it. Well, no. It's like, yeah, I'm a little frustrated know. with that. But... It seems to be the state of things today. Yeah. Like, just the way games come out. And I mean, totally, again, from totally. software, no. No, nope, not from no. software. No, Capcom. Definitely I mean, not Capcom. <laughs> so, uh, the way I see it is, like, you know, if I ever buy a game day one, it'll be from software or yeah. Capcom. Totally, um, totally. Like I was telling you before we had our mic issues or our production issues, uh, this is kind of the minimum required thing for me to be interested. Right. Because I, I, I don't, it didn't like the fact that it was online only. That always frustrates me, mm-hmm. um, but particularly with a game like this, I don't know why. Maybe I, it just I remember the days of like couch co-op with my brother in Left 4 Dead, yeah. And, it, it, and it's like now they're doing online. I'm just like, come on. Mm. Uh, and then also, yeah, the solo pro- campaign progression because I'm like, want to play solo. I'm kind of an introvert, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I like to play games with people, but I don't always have the energy, and I really need something I can do by myself when that's not the case, you mm. know. And uh, that's rough for me. And so. a reason to do it, you know. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, I also noticed that on the at least Canada store, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, double checking. Mm-hmm. At least in the Canada store, it's on a thirty percent off sale till the end of November. Right. So which it's pretty good. <laughs> You'll have one day. <laughs> it's on sale thirty percent off till the end of November. Which should be one day after you hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's interested, you can go grab that sale. Yeah. Uh, I might. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm tempted. If you do, I might too. I'm tempted. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. I know also that uh, I don't know how much my brother is into this game, mm-hmm. but I do know that he's looking for a new game to play. Okay. So I that buddy uh, has it on PS5, but um, doesn't like it. What I hear from this game is that it was hurt a lot by Xbox Game Pass. I mean, in terms of just sales. Hmm. Like, I think that this game was played a ton on Xbox Game Pass, and I don't know how many actual copies they sold, and I wonder if that's a problem for Turtle Rock, hmm. you know? I'd be really curious to know how that uh, how that plays in. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little interested. We'll yeah, see. no, that's curious. Yeah, uh, it's curious. good that they are doing something. Uh, it is. From what I saw about the game from Skillup's Breakdown, looked pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, um, the objections notwithstanding, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, listen been an episode but i think that's all we got for you today yeah so hope you enjoyed have and, a good one everybody uh, how was my chili oh by the way josh knows how to make chili just if you're curious he knows how it's good <laughs> if i invite someone over to my house to have chili what should they say Dean? yes <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks a lot guys and we'll see you next time <laughs>